0: Hello, humans. It's me, your neighborhood witch, coming at you every Wednesday. Every woo Wednesday. I don't know why I'm like this. Why am I like this? (laughs) i just not safe. Hi. Hello. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Anybody watching True Detective Night Country right now, oh my god, if you are, fuck man, I still cannot completely figure out what just happened and I'm not gonna spoil it, don't worry, there are no spoilers here. But if you have watched it and you're part of the Discord community, you know, New no Blood Universe Discord community, please go there and DM me or just at me in some fucking channel so we can talk about it. I want to hear your theories. Oh, my God. Jodie Foster's so good. Also, why isn't she gay in that? Come on. Uh, Every queer person in all the land was thinking the same thing. I know it. But it's just so damn good. And if you have not seen the show, definitely watch it. But watch the first season first. Season one was fucking awesome. Matthew McConaughey's in it and Woody Harrelson. I love them both. They're both beautiful actors. They fucking kill it. But then in season four, they're all it's like an anthology, so you can bop around. Season one and four, they connect to each other. Stop. I'm not gonna tell you anything else, don't worry. But then season two and season three, I keep hearing are not so great. Like they just kind of didn't get the the magic juju. But I cannot stop thinking about it because there is a paranormal element. And or is there, you know, and that's the question. I'm not giving anything away by saying that, but that fucking finale you ever see a finale and you're just like god damn it i have more questions which i told ash my wife i'm like yeah i i get it life is like that i'm a paranormal investigator obviously i realize that my entire job is about asking questions and then instead of getting a bag full of answers getting a bag full of more questions. You know, that's just the nature of this fucking shit. That's the nature of the universe. But when I'm watching a TV show, I want there to be like, I wanna think, you know, I want a thinker. I want a smart tv show but i also want more answers at the end okay i know so tell me what your theories are i know tiktok's already starting to like poop out theories so i don't know i'm i'm watching them i'm not sure i know what the fuck is going on and i think there should be another night country season five in other news spring is the and i'm excited about it a star is coming up for those of you who are witches out there march 19th i think 20 somewhere in there and uh That's always a nice time because it's like, okay, things are blooming. Oh, man, what am I talking about? It's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine here. We are fine. Let's talk about my guests. Should we? I think we should because I am in a rambling kind of mood today. If you are on TikTok, you might have heard of my guest. Especially if you're on Witch Talk. Their TikTok name is Spirituality, T-E-A. That's also the name that they use to sell, you know, some of their witchcraft supplies and things like that as well. And they are a Christian witch. And they're a Christian witch. Why is it so hard? Christian witch. Some of you might be like, what? That does not exist. But it indeed does. And it does because witchcraft is not a religion. Contrary to popular belief, it is a craft. And so you can have any kind of religion that you want and still practice the craft. You can also be an atheist witch, for that matter, or it can be any fucking kind of witch you want to be, okay? So Hannah Wallace is spirituality on TikTok and other platforms, and she is a Christian witch or a Christopagan witch who primarily posts on TikTok, but also runs a business where she sells candles, jewelry, and other witchy creations. We talked about a bunch of really interesting stuff, me and Hannah. One thing that really stuck out to me is that she started to speak uh, with angels at a really young age. And I think that's formative. If you are encouraged to speak to any entities that are that level of powerful at a young age, I think it's really great for your brain because it helps you to believe more. And when you believe more, more magic happens, period. You're part of it. You're co-creating it. So if you have doubt and you're bringing that to the table, the magic isn't going to work as well. The connection to whatever entity you're working with isn't going to be as clear or as strong. So if you haven't started talking with angels yet, you might want to try or any entities. Let me know if that's something that y'all want me to talk more about on TikTok. Remember, Follow the Wu is now presented by New Blood Universe, which is a paranormal production company. And we're making two TV shows right now. One is a queer ghost hunting show called Inhuman Beings. We don't just hunt ghosts. We also investigate every kind of inhuman being. Aliens, fae, cryptids, all the weirds. And the other show is called New Blood, which will be coming out this spring. And that is another docuseries that's a long-form initiatory experience about real vampires. I know. Some of you are like, what the fuck? They don't exist. But they do. They sure fucking do. So if you want to find out more about that, go to newblood.tv. And when you get there, you'll see that we have a Discord channel of a bunch of fucking weirdos talking about fucking weird shit and all kinds of other stuff. Anyway, if you want me to talk more about connecting with your entities or your guides on TikTok... Hop into the Discord. Let me know. I know that people in the past have been pretty interested in hearing about that. So let's go back to Hannah. She was encouraged to speak with angels at a young age, which really helped her develop her clairvoyance and her clairaudience to be able to see psychically and hear psychically. And what's rad about Hannah, among other things, is that it wasn't about not belonging to God or Jesus, but more so that she felt she didn't belong to the institution of the church itself. And I relate to this. There are beautiful things about Christianity. In my practice, I often recite the prayer of St. Francis. There are so many beautiful things in the Bible as well. And, and we talk about the Bible a lot in this episode. And you know, Hannah really understands that Jesus is a deity that you can work with. Shit, sometimes I work with Jesus. He's not one of my my main deities. I rarely work with him, but I respect his work. Also, I think Jesus was a witch. I, I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. I'm not just saying it to be like, oh, I'm just trying to stir the pot. I seriously do think that Jesus was a witch. Think about early Christianity. I think about Catholicism still today. Motherfucking rituals. I really do think Catholics are witches. I mean, convince me that they're not. Where is the lie? They are fucking around with incense, chanting, beautiful chanting, by the way. Fucking rituals and repetitive ceremonial movements. There's a lot of overlap there. And then Jesus, doopy turning water into wine and walking on water and shit. That is a witch. So what do you think? Do you think Jesus was a witch? Anyway, I really am on my broom today. I don't know what's going on. I am chatty as a motherfucker. Hannah and I talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about baneful work. We also talk about hexes and what it means to be my kind of witch versus her kind of witch and so much more. I will say this is an old episode. Again, we're still in the cluster of old episodes. So this episode, again, like the last few ones from this season, season two, are about a year old. So keep that in mind. We've zhuzhed it up to make it current. And no matter what, Hannah's work is incredible and you should absolutely go follow her. I just wanted to make sure you knew. All right. I know we only have an hour here and sometimes the woo can take you in winding directions so I want to make mm-hmm. sure we get started. First, basically, I'm trying to remember exactly when I found you. You popped up on my FYP on TikTok at some point and I was like because I, I I at that point my I'm, I was calibrated to witch talk more than I am now cuz witch talk has gotten a little weird. It, <laughs> it goes it goes through phases. It like ebbs and flows. Yeah. But what was so interesting and compelling about your content is the fact that you're a christian witch Mm -hmm. so like from my perspective i abandoned christianity you know and then over the years found myself in witchcraft i don't know any christian witches so i'm curious like what your your background is like what your woo Mm -hmm. background is and and like did you start as a christian did you start as a witch did you like start as neither like
1: how what's the story So I started, I I was raised in an evangelical background, but was raised in a household that was like, oh, you know, it's not like you just talk to Jesus and he doesn't answer. Like I was raised that Jesus talks back and you should listen and was believed in angels and demons. And that if I, you know, from a, a very young age, had the ability to see angels and communicate with them. And that was encouraged. So my clairvoyance and clairaudience developed very strongly from a very young age because that aspect was encouraged. Now talking to anything else or spirits or ghosts or whatever, that's all oh, that was bad, but <laughs> angels were fine. I I had friends in high school that were witchy and into tarot and stuff. And that kind of like introduced me into it. And I was all, I mean, I'm queer. I had friends who were queer, was always a lot more liberal in the churches that I was in. And kind of once I got to around like college, I always felt like, you know, it's not that I didn't belong with God or that I didn't belong with Jesus, but I felt very much like I didn't belong within the church as an institution mm-hmm. which i think a lot of people who go through that journey can relate to a lot totally. of people who i know who have left the church are like oh yeah jesus wasn't the problem it was the people i just kind of you know had this intrigue towards witchcraft but i didn't want to really to leave my relationship with jesus behind and i guess i just found myself googling are there christian witches And it turns out there's a lot of them. So I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this is something that I can do. And that kind of started me on the path.
0: What would be your definition of a Christian witch?
1: (laughs) I guess that depends because I don't follow like the primary doctrine of Christianity. I really just use the word Christian because that's the easiest word to understand in that Jesus is one of my deities Mm -hmm. in witchcraft. I'm like an eclectic Christo pagan witch that sometimes dips my toes in demonolatry, but that's a mouthful. So I usually just tell people (laughs) I just do what I want. That's really like my main thing is Jesus is one of my deities. The Christian God is one of my deities. I have pagan deities in my space as well, but Jesus is just always going to be there. He's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, if that's your definition, then I'm a Christian witch. If I'm, you know, adhering to your definition, because Jesus was bad, in my opinion, and it sounds like yours, Jesus was a bad bitch, you know? Yes. Jesus is awesome. Yeah. So awesome. I would love to be more like Jesus. It's really just Jesus's followers, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that I have a huge issue with. And and really you touched on that, like the organized religion, the 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 organized church, you know, yeah. situation, the the mega complex that yeah. aids in so much death and destruction and literally the exact opposite of what Jesus stood for and still stands for in so many people's hearts.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I've, I've left the institution behind and just did a lot of research on Christian witchcraft and what early Christianity looked like and how different it is compared to how it is now and just kind of came to the conclusion like, oh yeah, this is something that I can do in my life and path. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned you know in your evangelical background that there is a lot of like encouragement for you to talk with angels and and there was acknowledgement of demons i'm i always say that i think catholics specifically are witches i mean yeah. hello like all of the practices are so ritualistic and i think mm-hmm. a lot of certain sects of christianity beyond catholicism are like that as well you know that yeah. there there's a lot of like incense burning and like you know working with angels and working with other entities that aren't necessarily cute and fuzzy and yeah it would be awesome to have like a christian witchcraft like revolution where the people who have been so stuck in like the bible is exactly what you take verbatim you believe in it verbatim as opposed to like oh no like let's fucking yeah. like take the original jesus I don't know what do we call it. <laughs> Not, I don't want to say Jesus shtick because it's more than that. But like Jesus's jam and and go with that, and also like lean into those more pagan practices.
1: Yeah, I think that it's it's starting. It's happening. There's a really big Christian witchcraft convention happening in Vegas over Memorial Day weekend. I can't go unfortunately because mm. it's in Vegas. But you know, you have that. I have three other Christian witch friends and I live stream them with them on TikTok every couple weeks. And a lot of us, you know, we're trying to write books or teach classes or, you know, try to get this out there in any way that we can. And I, you know, push it on TikTok a lot because that's where the majority of my following is. And, I have seen more and more people say like, oh my gosh, you showed me that I can be a Christian witch or pagan too. And so I think we're really going to start seeing it just kind of explode soon. That would be awesome. Like if you could be,
0: you know, almost like the, I don't know, antidote to what is, what are those mega churches called? The, the Beaver church. What the fuck is it called? Yeah, oh, right. Hillsong, like Hillsong, Hillsong and yeah. Uh, if we yeah. could just get some of those people who are looking for the community, who are looking for like the faith and and, and everything that comes with being in a spiritual community that I actually really love, mm-hmm. but not in the like pyramid scheme, weird, like yeah. Foxic bullshit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and there are, you know, some movements like the, I think it's called like the Unitarian Universalist churches. It's just more like spiritual rather than worshiping like a specific deity. I've never been to one of those, but I would like to at some point. Those, you know, I feel like that is a movement that is really cool that's happening where if you're an atheist or a Christian or a witch or a pay, everyone is welcome to come sit and listen to the speakers and whoever. So I think that's something good. Know there's a my good friend Sarah is wanting to teach classes on Christian witchcraft. I want to open a brick and mortar store one day, but have it be known that I am the Christian witch that's selling you these herbs. And Mm -hmm. that's awesome. There's lots of I love her name's Valerie Love, who founded like the Christian witches website, and she wrote a ton of books. And Adelina St. Clair wrote Path of the Christian Witch, which was the first Christian witch book I ever read. So there is a lot of information out there if you can find it, and there is community and people if you can find them, and that can be the hard part.
0: Yeah, and I think there are a lot of Christian people in my outer sphere, and I think when they find out I'm a practicing witch, they have a very particular image in their mind of what a witch is, right? And we both know what it is because we've been trained To see witches as a certain way, you know, I mean, they're they're evil, they're dark, they're, you know, they're usually the bad guys in all the stories that we were told when we were kids and even the stories now, even Hocus Pocus, they're bad, you know, and we all we all love that movie. I guess the question is, do you find yourself coming across staunch Christians who are like, wait, what? And how do you are you able to get through to them?
1: majority of my family members are not supportive of what I do. So it's one of those things where it's like, hate comments can't get to me when it's literally my own family too. So I feel like I have been able to get through to some people on TikTok who are able to genuinely ask, like, wait, how does this work? And then I explain it to them and they're like, oh but then you know i get the i get comments all the time it's like you can't be a christian witch you're leading people astray this is blasphemy this is the devil talking every single day and i just keep scrolling because i have to i could argue with people all day about it i can show them exactly how i know that the bible verses that they're quoting are wrong and they're ne- they're never going to do anything about it and i have just accepted that some people are never going to change. And it's not up to me to change them. It's up to them to change them. And if totally. they can't open their minds enough, then me explaining my stance isn't going to do anything, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great way to look at it. I mean, I, I don't, I think Christians specifically are the most notable group to want to proselytize their shit on everyone mm-hmm. else. And I think it's awesome when people are like, okay, listen, like I, I will engage with you as long as this is a safe space for both of us. And then when it gets yep. weird and you start attacking me, goodbye. But yeah. if it were them, when it comes to, you know, evangelicals specifically, I have them in my family as well. And they just, they just like shove it down your throat no matter what happens. And I think yeah. it's great that you're just willing to walk away and say, it's not my job to change your mind. I'm not, I don't need to be a missionary for Christian witchcraft.
1: Yeah. Well, and also it's just, it's not everyone's path. Not everyone is meant to be a witch. Not everyone's meant to be a Christian witch. And you know, I follow so many other creators on TikTok. I follow Jewish creators. I follow Muslim creators. And for some people, that is their path. And I'm not here to tell you what your path should be. I'm here to answer questions about my path for people who are curious. And if your path ends up looking similar to my path, then hey, that's great. But that's not what I'm here for. That's not you know my point at all. Mm-hmm. I think that everyone should be able to follow their own path and their own way and whatever that looks like, but you need to have the same sentiment for me too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing that it,
0: it's not, it doesn't go the opposite re- way. It's not reciprocal. Mm-hmm. I think that you mentioned going through sort of this journey and a lot of us who are practicing witches have, have gone through that and I, I studied so many religions extensively, and one of my favorite things about witchcraft is that I can still work as long as it's not appropriate. Appropriative, I can still work with so many different deities from so many different religions and backgrounds, and that opens your mind more, opens your yeah. heart more. More importantly, which is a Jesus thing, it's like his mm-hmm. main fucking thing, and it allows you to really like be kinder to everyone like and we're not all supposed to be doing the same damn thing which is what you just said
1: yeah yeah we're supposed to celebrate our differences and that is where new age spirituality can become toxic too because a lot of new ageness is like let's have a one world religion no Mm -mm. no missed the point (laughs) right like you're so close to the point and you still missed it that's not what it's supposed to be either. Our differences are beautiful and culture is beautiful. I love anthropology and history. It is so fascinating to learn about other people's ways of life. And that's one of the most amazing things about this world. And it is okay for everyone to be on a different path as long as it's with the understanding that My path is different than yours, but that's a good thing. And that's cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if you bring, you know, the toxicity of capitalism and and sort of drop it in there as well, there is a really important agenda item, like perhaps one of the highest ones in in capitalist philosophy, which is that if we're all conforming and doing the same shit all the time, we're easier to control. And so there's a, a much easier way to get everybody to do the dang same dang thing and keep the monster machine going.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, you have to I'm Trying to think of how I want to word this. You know, obviously you have to survive. You have to make money. You have to pay the bills. But it's one of those things where I, I feel like we're getting to a place socially where people are like, you know, let's be diverse. Let me learn about your culture and differences and with an understanding of like admiring from afar. Like mm-hmm. I always tell people that I'm following when I explain closed practices, like, yes, read and learn about that closed practice. Don't do it, but learn about it mm-hmm. so that you can appreciate it. I I don't practice anything that is closed, but I definitely try to educate myself on indigenous issues and their culture and their religion religions like voodoo judaism with an admiration from afar but to help develop an appreciation for that as well and with the appreciation for the fact that it's not mine but it's Mm -hmm. theirs and that's amazing for them i can have what's mine they can have what's theirs and that's a good thing
0: yeah yeah so earlier you said i think correct (laughs) me if i'm wrong Something along the lines that a, a Christian witch is someone, or f- from your perspective, is, you know, you're a witch who also works with Jesus and angels as, you know, you use that pantheon in your yeah. workings. And that's really the the deciding factor in comparison to like, I don't know, let's just say, I know Wiccan is also really broad too, because you have like Gardnerians and, and yeah. you know, it goes on and on. So. What would you say is different about let, let's just pick you know even if you want to pick like one sect of of Wiccan?
1: Sure. Well, the thing is, is Wicca is its own religion. Witchcraft is a practice that anyone of any religion can partake in. I know Jewish witches. I know Muslim witches. I know like anyone of any religion can practice witchcraft. Whereas Wicca is its own religion that utilizes witchcraft, kind of like how anyone of any religion or lack thereof can do yoga as long as you're not appropriating it. And as long as you do it respectfully, you don't have to be Hindu or Buddhist to do yoga. Mm -hmm. But that is where those practices originate from. So it's, it's kind of a similar thing. Like there was a time where Wicca was the only place that you could really access witchcraft, but that's not the case anymore. Anyone of any religion Or lack thereof, because there's atheist and agnostic witches too, Mm -hmm. can have it as a practice, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So tell me about atheist witches. I'm curious. I mean, just I want to hear from your perspective because I know that when I was at Hogwarts, which was like my, you know, witch school that I was in forever, it was really difficult in that track to keep moving forward without working with some kind of deity. And, I, and I, I'm wondering how what your experience yeah. is with that. I'm, I'm so curious, because I know there is a way, but I want to know sort of what happened in, in your experience.
1: Well, you know, science says that energy exists. So if you don't work with a deity, you can still work with energy. And, you know, there are some people who maybe they don't believe in a god per se, but they might believe in ghosts or might be agnostic, you know, kind of. Teeter between the two. So, I think it's perfectly possible to be an atheist witch because you can work with energy or you can believe that a crystal has the ability to heal you without it necessarily being spiritual. You might believe in vibrations because science says that vibrations can help us to heal. So, I think if you look at the craft through a more scientific lens, it's absolutely possible to be an atheist or agnostic witch. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think I just wanted
0: to hear someone else say it, you know, because I think <laughs> I think it's important for the listeners who are questioning, you know, where they fit on this very, very like long continuum that mm-hmm. you can really you can create it in whatever way you want. You can brand yourself yeah. in whatever way you wish and whatever feels right to you. And if you want to just work with a pantheon that is literally not a pantheon, it's just energy. Yeah, it's really. You could use it similarly to like meditation or something, you know, it would yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's so important. I think all of what you're saying is so important for people who are on the fence, you know, because it's like you, you
1: get to make the decisions for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that is something that I say in my TikToks all the time, that your path should be your own. It's as long as you are not appropriating from anyone else, do whatever you want. And if you accidentally find out that you are appropriating something, apologize for it, make amends, stop doing it, and then move on. Like, it should be your own as long as you're doing so responsibly.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: agreed. So
0: in my experience with Christianity, when when I was a Christian, because that's how I was raised for early parts of my life, there was prayer, Mm -hmm. and then there was prayer, and that was kind (laughs) of it. There is nothing else. Here's where I think there'll be a big difference in like what your practice looks like comparatively to your evangelical background. What does your Christian witchcraft practice look like? You know, broad strokes and and like let's dig into like magic, spellcraft, like yeah. divination, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so I feel like my craft looks pretty similar to any other witch that you would find. It's just that Jesus is one of my deities. I communicate with the deities through tarot pendulums. I carry crystals with me. I had a citrine in my pocket this whole time. I have an osteomancy practice where I do like bone throw readings for clients. I do do baneful work every now and then, and the reason why I feel that I can justify that is, you know, because if you <laughs> Interpret the Old Testament in the way that I do the story of, let's say Sodom and Gomorrah, which is infamously you know violent, is not about homosexuality. It is about abuse. Uh, I'm not sure how explicit I can be, but I don't believe that, you know, God was destroying a city full of gay people. I believe that he was destroying a city full of abusers. So, and just, that's just one of several examples when people get into you know violence in the Old Testament. Another thing is that I believe that the Bible is another piece of mythology. I don't believe it should be taken literally. So when you read, another one of my deities is Loki. When you read Norse mythology, we don't take that literally. Norse pagans don't take the mythology literally. Hellenic pagans don't take Greek mythology literally. So I don't take the Bible literally. I view it Exactly how I view the poetic and prose eddas, or like the Iliad, the Odyssey, and the Aeneid. I view it through the exact same lens. And so, through that, I'm able to be like, heck yeah, I can curse people as a Christian witch. <laughs> like, that makes total sense.
0: And what is your criteria for making a decision like that? I imagine it has some more weight to it because, you know, you're not just like, baneful here baneful
1: there curse
0: here oh yeah, yeah.
1: i don't do it willy nilly and really even if your practice is primarily baneful magic i would advise you don't just be hex happy and you know do that to anyone who irritates you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i i do take it seriously i only do it for people who are very seriously like abusers or they cheated on you or whatever. And even then I'm like, well, do you guys have kids together? Could they potentially be affected? Because I believe that baneful magic spreads and it can spread to the whole family and it can affect everyone. So I try to be very thorough in my understanding of who is this going to affect? Could someone who is innocent potentially be hurt and, you know, try to go through that? I also have a million disclaimers on my website about that as well under my spell work tab. Like, hey, if you want me to do baneful workings for you, this is what that entails. Here's what I will not do. Things. Mm-hmm. That, so I do take it very seriously.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of Christian people tend to think I do all the time when they find out <laughs> I'm a witch. They're like, I love hex happy. That's great. Um <laughs> Like, they think that I'm just, I have, like, a huge cauldron, and I'm, like, putting eyes of newt in it, and, like, I'm I'm gonna, like, you know, curse everyone that I come in contact with, or anyone who, like, disagrees with me or whatever. And every witch that I know uses baneful magic so sparingly, and it really is, like, I'm so glad that you have so many, like, caveats, you know, before people are even allowed to work with you in that in that manner. So yeah, that's a great thing for the listeners to hear, especially if we have any Christian or kind of Christian listeners. (laughs) But then, and it's funny because you, you, I had written down Bible. Do you take it literally question mark? And then you just said, I do not take the Bible literally. That was funny. You got to
1: look at it from a scholarly standpoint. So I'm currently rereading the Bible, which is a process. I'm still in Genesis and it's been like four months. (laughs) <laughs> but I used what is called the Jewish Study Bible and the Jewish Annotated New Testament. They're two separate books. And it is these Jewish and or Hebrew scholars sitting down with the original language of the Bible and not only interpreting it from the language, but also providing cultural context mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Judaism at that time. Because I can't tell you how many times as a mainstream Christian, I would read the Bible and be like, I have no idea what's happening here. What does mm-hmm. this verse mean? And I just had no context. And it provides all, of, it has like annotations in the margins. Mm-hmm. And I have discovered so many things from reading that version of the Bible that are like, oh my gosh, this is not what the evangelicals were teaching. And it's not Messianic Judaism. It's not anyone trying to convert anyone. It is solely academic, but it's Mm -hmm. so liberating to be like, oh my gosh, so that's not what that meant after all. It's not perfect. I don't think any translation of the Bible is perfect because it was written by humans and humans are not perfect, but it's probably the closest you'll get Mm -hmm. to a perfect translation of the Bible.
0: Yeah. In college, I went down the the Bible path and also just a lot of religious classes i took like just to Mm -hmm. sort of comparative religious religious classes but one class that i took was on literally that exact book the jewish study bible and Mm -hmm. the whole class was on the Torah. it was just that class and it was mind-blowing i was like people should know we should tell people you know because like (laughs) people don't know and it's just such a it's so shitty Mm -hmm. that it, it, it's just, it's so inaccessible because the King James Version is so pushed and pushed and pushed and you're supposed to take every word like exactly as it's said. And it's yeah. like, but that Jewish study Bible, I still, like that is the Bible I will reference because mm-hmm. it's it's the translations, like you said, the annotations, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And in the back of the Jewish annotated New Testament, there's all of these essays about Jewish magic and supernatural entities, and I I stay away from Jewish Kabbalah because that's closed. And I try to I I have a, an understanding enough to where I know like what I can and can't use. But just to read those essays and be like, see, I'm not crazy, is so cool, and mm-hmm. it's so fun to like show that to the haters on TikTok where they're like, the Bible says you can't use magic, and I'm like, actually. This Bible says that I can. <laughs> so, oh, yeah.
0: Explain to the listeners what you mean by closed, because you've used that term a couple of times. I yeah, want to make probably. sure they know.
1: So, a closed practice is one that you either have to be born or initiated into. So, I feel like the one that we're probably most familiar with is Judaism. You can't just wake up one morning and be like, I'm Jewish now. You <laughs> either have to be born Jewish or you have to convert And you can't just walk into a synagogue and be like, hey, can I convert? Like, you have to have countless meetings with a rabbi. You have to learn Hebrew. You have to, like, it is a years long process of dedication and work and study and passion in order to be able to convert. And there are plenty of Jewish converts, but you can't just walk in and be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. And it's the same for voodoo. You have to be born into that tradition or you have to go through the long initiatory process if you want to join. And there's several others that are like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mes-
0: mentioned Kabbalah, which is the mysticism of Judaism and is like the least accessible sort of, I don't know, subject or like it's not a sub.
1: It's more like a yeah. the least. What would you say? It's you. I feel like. If you don't know that there is a mystical aspect of Judaism, then you wouldn't think that. Like, I remember learning about Kabbalah and being like, what? There's <laughs> magic in what? Judaism and it's just like this known thing. And they yeah. like, I had no idea. I There are other kinds of Kabbalah. Like, there's not just Jewish Kabbalah, but it's just. You know, I I I stay away from like Jewish Kabbalah. There's a couple of books that I have about angels that have like Kabbalah in it, but angels are not closed. So it's like, I'll just skip the Hebrew prayers. And it's okay for me to know that Michael is associated with fire. But so yeah, I'm just having that kind of balance. Yeah. I, it's funny that you brought up Kabbalah too, because I, I
0: do specifically remember that in my witch Hogwarts training, we did go over the Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so interesting because it was it was taught very much out of the Jewish lens. You know, mm-hmm. it was very much like, okay, these are the things that you need to know about. And this relates to this and this and this. But then mm-hmm. let's move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think that, that looking back, that was the, definitely the right way to do it. And, and you don't want to do like Madonna's way of doing it, which do you remember yeah. when she had a Kabbalah phase? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was not for her.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You said a bunch of things I want to go back to. I have one just random question, though. Do you think that Jesus was a witch?
1: That is such an interesting question because it depends on your definition of witch. If Mm -hmm. you classify a witch as just anyone who performs magic, then yeah, absolutely. If you define which as like a title or a reclaimed word because it used to be an insult and then we've reclaimed it, then maybe not necessarily. There were lots of miracle workers and magi and all those kinds of people within Jesus's time. So I absolutely think he was one of them. There are like ancient paintings of Jesus that depict him having carried a wand, he used the earth. To heal, he laid hands on people. That some people consider that to be Reiki. There's so many things that he did that we could do today that were pretty witchy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, you know, in my mind, I think that Jesus was a queer brown witch, based on you know what I know about him. You mentioned also talking to angels or being encouraged mm-hmm. to, you know, start a dialogue with them at yeah. a young age. Is that a, like a very important part of your practice?
1: Do you, you know what does that look like? Ironically, not so much anymore. I have my guardian angel. She's, you know, she just kind of hangs out, but I she's not super involved in my practice at this moment. I think I'm still very much in a learning phase where I just want to learn about everything that I possibly can. And angelic magic is definitely within that category. But It just hasn't been the time. Same with, like, saints. I I also was not raised Catholic, so, like, saints are still kind of a foreign concept to me. Mm -hmm. I just haven't gotten there yet. I'm definitely not opposed to it. You know, I'm still young. I still have the rest of my life to explore every occult aspect that I possibly can. But, yeah, ironically, right now, it's like I have Jesus and Jehovah and... You know, some other aspects of like the Christian feminine divine, and but yeah, as far as like Christian entities go, the angels aren't huge right now. <laughs> what about the Gnostic Gospels? Are you into any of that? Yes, I wouldn't consider myself a Gnostic, and not that there's anything wrong with it, it's just not my path. But I do find it very interesting. I there are a lot of people who view Sophia as like an aspect of the Holy Spirit. Sophia is like the Gnostic goddess. And some Gnostics view her as like the creation goddess and some Gnostics view her differently. Not all Gnostics think the same. But then there are people who view Sophia as the Holy Spirit, which is kind of how I view her. And you can find information on Sophia in the Gnostic Gospels and other books about Gnosticism. But yeah, I remember f- learning about the Nog Comedy Library initially when I learned that Jesus and Mary Magdalene, oh, here's my cat, that Jesus and Mary <laughs> Magdalene had supposedly been married at one point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to read these. Mm-hmm. So I did. And that was a whole other thing that just completely blew my mind too.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I am really curious about th- you, you said it really well, like it's so difficult and it could take lifetimes to digest all of the materials. Like, yeah, it's, it's impossible. And, and there are parts of each of these threads that are so interesting. And I think the best I can do is just find where they sort of intersect and keep that as kind of my core and then just acknowledge and honor those you know, in the most appropriate way possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you're not going to agree with or resonate with everything that you see. And that's okay. But I I love just learning everything that I can about all of these different beliefs and texts and scriptures. Yeah.
0: Same. And I find that so common for witch folk. I feel like they're all like, like, I was going to say balls deep. I guess I will. They're all like balls deep in, you know, literature. You know, they always have like a stack of books and then a stack of books near their bed. And then, you know, their office is overflowing with books. And I think it's just that commitment to learning forever. And I think that's sort of the sad part. I mean, there are other very awful things about, you know, a lot of the evangelical Christians now, but it's Mm -hmm. just one of the saddest parts is that they really give up on learning about other cultures and they get like stuck, you know, and just, this is the only right way. And it's like, well, or, or it might not be.
1: Yeah. There's no open-mindedness anymore. Um, so I'm very happy to have found a place where it's like, I can learn about whatever I want. I can read about whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Osteomancy. I don't
0: know if I've ever. Oh, no, I have talked to one person who does osteomancy. Can you tell me how you got into that and what it looks like?
1: Yeah, I saw other people doing it and was just intrigued by it. And so I originally started with coyote bones because I did not know that coyote was closed. And then once I learned that it was closed, I gave those bones to an indigenous family and got fox bones because that's open. So that's what I have now. I also have a fox skull on my altar. That's not for osteomancy. She's just kind of there to it it's hard to almost like personify a set of toe bones with mm-hmm. the idea that like oh this used to belong to like a living breathing animal. So having the skull kind of helped me to again like personify that spirit a little bit better mm-hmm. and bond with it a little bit better. So What I I do it in like a yes-no format and I usually do deity identification readings for people. So I ask my questions in my yes-no format and I throw the bones and I'm able, you know, if they cross, it's a yes. If they don't, it's a no. I keep it very simple. Some people will do like bones and charms and crystals all in a bowl and they shake it and they toss it. And based on like the directions that they land, they can come up with answers with that. I don't have the spatial reasoning (laughs) for that. Same, same. I keep it very simple, but I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I get some very interesting results, especially when certain deities come through within those readings. Like I have the, what's it called? The photo something where like when you look at the sun and you sneeze. So like there's a handful of times where Apollo will come through and I'll sneeze. (laughs) looking when I'm doing the bone (laughs) throat and stuff like that or like a lot of people will note that like Anubis gives them like head scratches so I'll be like Mm. is Anubis reaching out to this person and I'll throw the bones and get a yes and then feel tingles on my scalp so there's a lot of ways for entities to come through with that form of divination and I don't know if it's because of the connection to the animal as part of the earth or I I don't know but that's a lot of fun Yeah. So would, you know, let's say somebody was like, oh, I
0: want to get into divination, but it seems like, you know, tarot is probably the most common. And they're like, oh, the tarot doesn't seem to be working for me. What Mm -hmm. would be your advice to them in the land of divination?
1: Well, so obviously osteomancy, osteo means bone, but you don't have to use bones if you're not comfortable With that, because some people don't want to use, I always make sure that they're humanely sourced, but even so, some people don't want to use animal products. So you can use cinnamon sticks. You can use twigs that you find outside. You know, there's lots of other alternatives that you can use. Also, pendulums are a really great way to just get a yes or no answer. And if you don't have a pendulum board, you can use the palm of your hand. And if you don't have an actual pendulum, you can use a necklace or a ring on a string. There's lots of different things that you can do. There's also like other ways that you can do scrying, which is like staring into something to receive messages. So like if you have ever looked up at the clouds to like see what shapes they make, that's scrying. Or if you look into smoke to see what shapes it makes or like the ripples in the water to see if there's any patterns or anything like that, that's all forms of scrying and are all forms of divination. So there's way more than just cards if that's mm-hmm. not your jam. Yeah. And, you
0: know, I know, like, it sounds like you have the fox bones pretty calibrated and you're using Mm -hmm. them in multiple ways. Like your physical body is also reacting. And so you're kind of moving back and forth. And it's always so exciting when you find a divination practice that you can calibrate in that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, like, none of these things work for me. What do you tell people who ask you for advice about it? Do you just say like, keep, keep at it? Or do you say, you know, maybe that's not the right one for you or, you know,
1: what kind of things would you say? I think practice is key. I also think it is okay if you need to use the booklet for tarot, but there's also like tarot cards with keywords that you can find on the internet, especially on Etsy. If you type tarot with keywords, there's so many options for you to find and it's okay to use tarot with keywords. A lot of times, when I do tarot readings for clients, I use my tarot cards with keywords, and it resonates just as deeply with those people as if I weren't using them. You know, don't be afraid to have a form of assistance or do something that can help you in that way, or you know, come up with your own system of divination. Flipping a coin could be considered divination, mm-hmm. or Eeny, mini miny, mo <laughs> could be a form of divination, you know, all of those things to help make choices and decisions or get yes or no answers. There's so many different ways that you can do it. You don't need to feel the need to be held down to one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what about
0: premonitions? Do you experience them via dreams? Do you actively try to cultivate, you know, a sense of what's coming? do you have an intuition about what's coming?
1: It's yes and no, because it's always unexpected. So like, for example, it was like the other day, I noticed that this cat that I rescued a couple weeks ago was gaining weight. And I'm just like, man, what if she's like pregnant or something? I take her to the vet yesterday. And sure enough, they're like, oh, she might be pregnant. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's like, It's not necessarily a premonition. It's like, oh man, what if that happened? And then it happens and I'm like, what? So (laughs) maybe I need to get better at understanding that that's my intuition talking. Mm -hmm. Yes, I absolutely get premonitions because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I just don't realize that it's a premonition until after the fact.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as a magical practitioner, do you have any broad strokes intuitions about where the planet is heading you know i i there's a lot of conversation right now because of the tensions especially in the us actually all over the world right now things are kind of a hot mess do you have
1: any vibes about that i think if you look at history history repeats itself and that's a bad thing because we can see things that have happened that are happening now that happened 50 years ago but it's also a good thing because if you look throughout history, the progressives have always come out victorious in the end. So if we're going through a difficult season right now, we're always going to prevail in the end. And that doesn't mean that we should ignore what's happening right now or just go with it or you know, whatever. But you know, we can take comfort in the fact that we will come back out on top eventually. I am not an astrology expert, but a lot of people are saying that I believe Saturn moved. Was it from Pisces into Aquarius, and Pluto was moving into Aquarius? So, like, that's gonna help uh, with some more like luck and prosperity and peace. And you know, this last like full moon that we had was like entering an age where we're gonna hopefully be able to breathe for a little while. So, I think be nice. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think we're slowly getting to a point where. It's going to be okay in the end. We just have to maybe get through election season first. Yeah, yeah, yay. Hold on to your butt. I know a lot of yeah. witches
0: actually who are doing spell work around politics. Do you do that in your practice at all?
1: Um, Yes and no. Only under pretty extreme circumstances because I do believe that even if it's Christian, that a lot of these politicians do have some sort of spiritual protection on them in some way. And if you know what you're doing, you could do spell work to help with a political ideology or mission. But it's the same, like, you know, the beginner witches were like, let's hex the moon. Let's hex the president. <laughs> it's Like, that's going to come backfire on you if you don't know what you're doing. So that's another one of those things that I do sparingly. But mm-hmm. yes, I do when necessary.
0: Yeah, just curious. I know it's been kind of like a hot topic lately. Yeah. I I love chatting with all of my guests about the weirdest shit that's ever happened to them. I'd love to know some of the weirdest paranormal, woo, supernatural
1: experiences yeah. that, that have ever happened to you. Don't hold back. Ironically, <laughs> one of the weirdest things that has ever happened to me spiritually was with the Christian God, So back when I was still kind of evangelical, I had lost my Bible. It had been gone for weeks. I looked everywhere. I looked under my bed. I looked in my closet. I looked in my car. I went to my church and looked around to see if I had left it there. Couldn't find it anywhere. And this was also in that season where I was kind of starting to question my beliefs. And I was feeling like God had forgotten about me and all this stuff. And so one day I'm home alone and I just get this vibe of, look for your Bible. I'm going to help you find it. So I'm like, okay. So I sit up and I just very clearly in my head heard, quote unquote, look under your bed. I'm like, I already looked under my bed, but okay. (laughs) I get down on the floor. I look under my bed and it's right there in front of my face. Dang. So I, it gets better. I pull it out. (laughs) I sit on my bed and I guess it's important to say for listeners for this story. My name is Hannah. So I flip open my bad bi- my Bible to a completely random page. And I just so happen to flip to the story of Hannah in the Bible. The big enough book. The passage <laughs> where she's feeling forgotten about. And God is assuring her that He hasn't forgotten about her. I'm like, Are you kidding me? That's crazy. So that is crazy. That one, stuck with me and will stick with me for the rest of my life. I think also sneezing whenever I encounter Apollo is pretty <laughs> hilarious. that's hilarious. <laughs> I have
0: not heard that before.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the it's sneezing. like photo something reflex. I can't remember what the rest of the word is. My whole family has it. Like my brother will go outside and just sneeze when the sun hits his face. It's hilarious. Another thing was I work with Beelzebub on something private that I don't share with the internet. But as like a thank you to him helping me with this thing, I got a necklace with his sigil on it. And how I usually do that is I'll just kind of scroll through Etsy and I'll have like a tarot book next to me or just kind of be like listening with clear audience and found a necklace that he liked. And I'm like, this is coming from the UK. It's going to take a while to ship. Are you okay with Being patient and waiting. And he, I just got the vibe that he was like, Yep, all good, order it. So it took a while to ship. And for so long, he was so patient about it. And then one day I'm at school and I'm in between classes and college, I'm doing homework. And I just get this vibe of, I want my necklace, like really harsh, like, I want my necklace. I'm like, What is happening? We've been so patient so far. And I'm like, I'm sorry, (laughs) it's coming from another country. I'm sure it'll be here soon. I don't understand. I go home and it's in my mailbox. So it's like, were you trying to tell me that it had arrived, and you mm-hmm. want? So yeah, that yeah, was another yeah. that just really stuck with me. And so similar to
0: the previous one as well. It's like your deities like to work with objects, and and yeah, yeah that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so well, you talked about. I know you don't want to share what you're doing with bells yeah, above, but it's such an interesting topic.
1: So what? Like, how do you view Beelzebub? I have a handful of demons in my practice, and I just view them as opposite energies. I don't Mm. view them as enemies or bad because there's plenty of dark entities or deities that are not evil. Like Hades, Hecate, they are dark entities, but they're not evil. So it's the same thing. And you really can't appreciate light without dark and vice versa. So I have both sides of that spectrum within my practice. Beelzebub was kind of on the sidelines because he helped me with something specific that I don't touch on too often. I'd say the primary infernal in my practice at this moment is Osmodius, who is surprisingly friendly. And <laughs> I, I'm still kind of like learning about demonolatry, because again, it's one of those things where like there's a difference between having demons in your practice and practicing demonolatry specifically, because that is also its own religion. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. trying to maintain that balance as well. There's lots of learning to be done with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I know you just mentioned that you can't experience light without the dark. Do you believe that there is anything that is intrinsically evil.
1: Yeah. I believe in like parasitic entities. I do believe in trickster spirits. I don't believe that they're very common. And I believe that evil exists within the spiritual world because it absolutely exists within the human world. So why wouldn't it exist in the spirit world? Fortunately, I don't believe that there are too many humans who are inherently evil. I definitely believe that there are some. I don't believe that there are too many spirits who are inherently evil either. But again, I, I believe in like parasitic entities. I believe that like possession can happen sometimes by like parasitic entities. But again, I don't think it's common I think, unfortunately, in a lot of cases of possession, it's mental illness and the people around that person don't believe them or won't properly help them for whatever reason. So it, it it's a balance. Like, yes, I believe it exists, but I don't think it's as common as like horror movies and the media would like you to think. 100 percent. Yeah. And it's so funny. You do have a little bit of the premonition
0: thing because multiple times I'm like, this is my next question. And then you answer what? it. So I was literally just going to ask you about possession and Yeah, we've already covered it. So yeah, you know, I, a big topic lately has been exorcisms and, and I think mm-hmm. actual legitimate exorcisms are possible and have happened. Yeah. But there's so few that have actually been legit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also, I love that you use the word parasitic. I would also call them parasitic like entities. They're not necessarily you know, what we think of as evil, they, they're, I mean, and maybe we can call them evil for lack of a better term, but they're literally just like, are you watching the last of us?
1: No, I suck. I really don't watch TV, but I, I know where you're coming from though. I know the references because yes. like yeah. they're just parasites. It's like they're literally just, just trying to stay alive.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that to us is perceived as evil and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it is terrifying. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But
0: okay so we have to wrap up here but I I yeah. do want to know from your perspective about what do you think about the different categories of the other like fairies Cryptids, beyond demons, you know, aliens, yeah. extraterrestrials specifically, because we're talking about like away from Earth, yeah, uh, possibly.
1: I believe in like fairies and cryptids. I believe that they exist, but I really don't know a lot about them, so I don't really include them in my practice, just because I try not to mess with things that I don't know about. As far as like aliens in general, I do believe in that. I stay away from star seed rhetoric because that Ooh. is. Very Some toxic New Age yeah, and ableist and and all that stuff. Hell yeah, I believe that aliens exist. Absolutely. I don't think it's reasonable to believe that we are the only life form in our gigantic universe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't work with them in your practice at all. And uh, so there has there never been any like crossover between paranormal-ish investigations and your witchcraft. Because I know they can intersect quite frequently.
1: I just haven't had the opportunity. I would absolutely go on, you know, an investigation. But I think that, unfortunately, a lot of, like, ghost hunting shows do it very disrespectfully, like trying to antagonize or interrogate the spirit. And I will say, you know, guilty as charged, I do watch ghost adventures from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. And I like to make fun of Zach Bagans. Okay.
0: All right. You're you
1: are forgiven. <laughs> yeah, it's not like for the enjoyment of the ghost hunt. It's I want to make fun of Sag Vegas, God. pretending to be possessed and doing a somersault down the hallway. <laughs> he is the literal worst. Yeah, he sucks well, so bad. You gotta bad. make fun of him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not saying that he's never encountered anything paranormal. I'm sure he has, but it's just funny. It's so <laughs> like so oh, bad. What are you doing? I know. I know it.
0: So, you would, you just haven't really crossed that bridge
1: yet. Yeah. Absolutely. All right.
0: Good to know. Cause we actually just wrapped the first season of a paranormal web series here. And we had all of these like really awesome auxiliary players who came on. And that's kind of like the format moving forward is that there's a core group. We're all queer. We're all like not going to antagonize the fucking mm-hmm. whatever is there. Yeah. You know, it's all very like not light and love from a toxic new age perspective, but but very much like compassionate to whatever entities are there. And then we have ox players who come in like different psychics and witches and divination experts and all kinds of hypnotists and people are like pumped. We're already getting ready for season two. So if it's something that you're interested in being like, you know, on the list of somebody to poke, you know, let me know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. And and we can, you know, it'd be cool to see you work with the bones on camera too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. All right. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. So now you know you can be a Christian witch if you're not already. I think it's funny and interesting that Hannah has a Chu syndrome, the autosomal dominant compelling helioafflame outburst syndrome. I definitely fucked that up. Because, well, it's rad, obviously, because of the story about Apollo and the sun and all that. But also it reminds me of another show that I love. Can you tell I work in film? Called Murder at the End of the World, I think. You should really watch it. It has Clive Owen in it and this actor. I can't remember their last name, but it's Emma. I want to say Emma Corrin. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I guess I should just do a podcast that talks about all the shows that I'm watching because I literally am talking about them all the time go follow Hannah. She is on TikTok at spirituality.t. And if you put in spirituality in your search bar, in whatever browser you're using, she gonna come up. You may have noticed if you follow Follow the Woo on Instagram or in any of our platforms that there has been no new social media stuff. That is because the program that we were using to create audiograms and y'all told me you still wanted audiograms. So we're still going to do that, but we're going to do some more shit, too. It's no longer allowing us to use audiograms or make them for some fucking reason. I'm like, that was a great service, sir. So now we have to go through another company, which is easy peasy. It's just I didn't want to spend more money. So it's been a minute. And then I'm going to rapid fire you with all of the ones that have just been released these past couple of weeks. Oh and that's another thing I want to tell you is that there's going to be a co-host in the show and you're going to love her. She's fucking amazing. You already know her if you're on TikTok. Go to TikTok and then go to The Queer Crypt. Megan and myself, Fan here. This is Fan speaking. We're going to be doing the show together. We're just getting through these old episodes that we had before because we want to do these interviews justice. They deserve to be out even though we got epically delayed because of filming, but after that You're going to start to hear Megan and I. We're going to do some more video stuff. And there's lots of cool stuff coming up in the future. If only I had like 16 hands and it would be here already. I love you. I don't know you, but I love you. I do. Okay? You take good care of yourself. All the information about Hannah is going to be in the show notes per fucking usual. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, follow the